Welcome, welcome back to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday morning. It's always amazing to start the week with the one and the only Sadia Asmani. Sadia, good morning to you. Good morning to you, too. How are you doing? Are you feeling nice and warm? The, the weather's really <laughs> yeah. warming up. I was going to say, it was a bit humid this morning, wasn't it? Um, and I've got this kind of bag of um, winter clothes um, in my room, and, and now I'm thinking, do I pack these way now? <laughs> so it's going to get cold again next week. Next week, I think so. Yeah, don't pack it away just yet. In Chinese, there's a saying like, "You don't pack away your winter clothes until you have the the dumplings in May." <laughs> And okay. when I say May, oh, wow. it, it's referring. Uh, when I say May, I'm referring to the fifth lunar month. So that sometimes that's June in, oh, in the Western okay. calendar. I think I will have to put my winter clothes away before that, <laughs> yeah. anyway. So. To make space, yeah. That's right. So you've got a more serious topic yeah. for our listeners today. Yeah, a bit of a serious topic. Um, um, when I choose these topics, as I say every week, like there's always a reason for why I've chosen that particular subject. And um, someone very close to me recently um, has just been dealing with there's been a lot of trauma in their life and and you know last week and you know before that we were talking about relationships we've been talking about relationships and you know how to make relationships good and all sorts of things but um but you know when a relationship breaks down and this person that i'm talking about you know uh, a marriage of like you know 23 years has just broken down um wow. and um and so but you know i'm connected to both both parties in and I can see things from both sides of the the table and it really just um, makes you kind of aware that so many people whether it be a marriage or whether it be like a, it could be a relationship with a you know a close relationship with a best friend somebody people break down with best friends and yeah. things like that or a parent sometimes. yeah or a parent yeah. or or you know so I'm not talking necessarily about it could be a death of a loved one, but I suppose in a way, a broken relationship is much like a death in that I think the kind of grieving process and the things that you go through are very similar to that. So I've kind of been witnessing this weekend just the whole emotional and the, the kind of trauma and the turmoil that people go through. And, and, and it's quite, you know, it made me kind of, and you have to, if you're supporting somebody like that, you have to try and think rationally as well and try and understand what they're going through and put yourself in their position. Um, so I was just reading about trauma and, and how people, individuals deal with these things. Um, and there's several stages of kind of emotional and psychological processing that takes place. So let's talk about, say, for instance, if, say, a marriage comes to an end or, you know, a very close relationship, you may have um, there are many cases where people have um, like boyfriends and girlfriends. This happens all the time when people are younger, certainly, where, you know, I'm sure there are uh, to the extreme that, you know, when there are cases where relationships break down, lots of people, I mean, maybe suicide rates, you know, are you can see that sometimes that's what people, that is the extreme case where people sometimes resort to that. A moment. Yeah, and they just yeah. think, no, I can't live anymore I and somebody, I'm just going to yeah. end this. And and I have seen people do things like that. So, um, you know, I was trying to really look at this because it may be you in that position, it may be your friend who's in that position, and we then need to be quite supportive and we need to understand what they're going through and perhaps look at the different stages. And initially, like, this is exactly what I saw this weekend in that um, 
the first stage is always this shock and denial, you know, yeah. where, you know, when you're faced with that traumatic event, individuals may experience this kind of complete, like, disbelief where they say, no, it's not happening. He didn't say that. He, he doesn't want this to end and things like that. Um, and it's very difficult to accept the kind of reality of the situation. And there may be a tendency to kind of deny or sort of minimize the impact of, of the actual event and think, no, no, it'll get better. And, and no, it's not happening. Because, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a light nightmare which suddenly just hits you and then you think is and this you want to believe the, the good in people you yeah. want to believe that things will be you, you, you want to remain have that certain optimism and and that happens yeah. in anything in our life if something terrible happens a death of a family or, or, or like somebody gets a, a, a bad diagnosis for, for yeah. illness yeah. you'll think oh no don't worry, get, we'll look into yeah, this yes, and find we'll out get through there, this. there's a chance. And, yeah. um, and then I suppose to a certain extent that stage also serves as a kind of protective mechanism. Exactly. Suddenly your whole, you know, your whole being is that you, you feel like an individual is there saying this to you and you get totally overwhelmed by emotions. And for a good while I think you're in shock. It doesn't register. It takes time for things to register. Um, and, and in a case of, say, relationships and marriages and things like that, um, it, this isn't just about it isn't just about you. It's because you have a home, you have children, perhaps, and you don't know how old those children are and how they're going to take things, you know. Um, the next stage, and and I suppose there's no set timeline. Like, I'm not an expert in these things, but just generally from experience and stuff, the, the you know, there's no set, set timeline where you say, okay, in two weeks' time or in one week or two days' time, then you're going to feel this. No, it depends on individuals and, and the coping mechanism of individuals. Individuals. Um, you know, things like, ang and the next bit is anger and guilt. You know, you get anger, shock waves kind of wear off. It's common to experience like intense emotions such as anger, frustrations, or frustration, or even guilt. Um, and these emotions can be directed to on yourself. And others, because if you feel like somebody's done something to you which has not been fair, like somebody may have had, a, had an affair or somebody may have lost lots of money and, or somebody's, you know, just decided that I can't do this anymore, then you kind of try and um, put, you know, look at those events and things like that and you get angry about them and, and you you try and find who is it that that's done this, who do you blame it on? You maybe shift the blame from yourself to some other party. It's easier to not accept that you take responsibility. Exactly, yeah. Um and you then express those feelings, but you have to you know, it's all part of the natural sort of healing process. You have to go through the stages to, in order to acknowledge that, look, there is something here going on. And, and you know, we don't think rationally. It's not easy. You, it's amazing how the brain can probably blank out. You know, you may know that you are at fault, but your brain is going to blank those things out completely and say, no, you're not at fault. This person has done this completely without thinking about you. It's been totally selfish or whatever. So the anger and guilt. Um, and there's also a fine line, I suppose. The other side of that is how much responsibility do you take? If, say, you're not really at fault, some people tend to overclaim the blame and tend to really blame themselves for everything, for, for a breakdown of a, of a relationship, of a marriage or something. And they're like, oh, it must have happened because you know I've done this and this and this so sometimes it's also healthy to take responsibility for what you did and also to see 
mm. you know, see clearly that, you know, mm. it, it is what it is. Yeah. And that the other person is also to blame in certain situations. Also, also, I think a lot of what you feel, I do, this is my personal um, perception of stuff, is also, you know, on individual personalities of people. You know, how they're going to react. If you have a person who generally avoids confrontation and is quite sort of calm and, and you know, it can be, you know, they're not particularly, they're introverted. So the chances are that their reaction to these things are going to be much more controlled and measured yeah, but maybe if you they could, you know it, they it, could also you know those triggering moments they could, could. just blow up but I mean, yeah but the likelihood but of you know, somebody's more volatile that's right so if yeah. there is somebody who has certain issues but they, they may see this in a in may react in a totally different way where the other person then has to handle that and know that this is going to be the outcome. It's very complex, I mean, yeah. generally. Um, the, the third process, the third thing is bargaining and like what if thinking. So here during this stage, the individuals like find themselves engaging in a series of what if, you know, what if I did this and if only that had happened. Uh, and they're kind of then looking at the whole situation thinking if I'd done this differently. Yeah. The ones who'd blame themselves yeah. are sort of the Should I have done this? Yeah. Should I not have done this? If I'd this? done this, then they wouldn't if, have And they wouldn't have hurt, the, to, yeah. uh, you know, and I wouldn't have been able to do this. And what they do is they, they may attempt to kind of negotiate with themselves or a higher power in an attempt to kind of regain control or change the outcome of the traumatic event. There may be a situation, too, where, you know, if it's a marriage breakdown and stuff, maybe one party is kind of still holding a little bit of hope that, you know, what if he came back? What if she came back? and said I'm sorry and and would I give them another try would I do this you know so this stage involves a sense of kind of longing for things to be different perhaps there's a lot of thing of regret you go back and think, if only I hadn't done that oh my god like you know so so that is a that is a very common you know process in it but we, we don't know the time factor of this it's just a, I think it depends on individuals as to how it works um, the next stage is like depression and sadness and these things, I think each of these things can fluctuate because that shock can come back after four days or that anger can come back after six weeks. But, you know, it's a matter of how your brain processes oh, things. Totally. Like, I, I find with grief, it's not really linear. You know, you revisit yeah. stages. It, it, sometimes you jump stages. Exactly. Sometimes you go from denial straight to anger. Yeah. And then sometimes, you yeah. know, you'll go... So there's no set yeah, timeline no for these things. There's no set direction. And it depends. And also, you might find... I it's mean, like an emotional roller. Absolutely. And moving on, even years after an event like this or a separation, there are things dormant in you where something you might see, something you might do suddenly triggers and brings this all back to life again. Yeah. So it's and the a feelings very, can be just as as raw as they were on that time that exactly wow. and and that is a very common thing so you know depression and sadness you know when trauma kind of sets in people do get you know they get depressed or they they want to go in a dark room they want to stay there they don't want to see people and they feel empty they feel lost there's a lack of motivation if they're if they're supposed to be going to work you know they might call in sick they're not going to eat anything there is also this kind of feeling of like complete self-pity um, and you want sympathy from people, you want people to come and say to you, oh, yeah, you know, she was like this and he was like this, and, and you know, yes, you're not at fault. And so 
So, you know, things at that point, probably throughout all of these processes, I think such an important factor is about who is with you at that point, who is giving you some sort of rational thinking, who is just who is supporting you, but also who is aware of the situation and trying to see the reality of what it is for you. Um, and then number five is like acceptance and reconstruction. In this final stage, individuals begin to come to terms with the trauma and find ways to move forward. While the pain may still be present, there is a gradual acceptance of the new reality and this stage involves rebuilding one's life, finding meaning or purpose and integrating the traumatic experience into one's personal narrative. Um, you know, and that you know, obviously, that is probably quite a long term thing that it takes time, it's going to take a, a long time. You know, I think these things can have such a detrimental effect on, on yourself. And if you have existing issues, then obviously, these things can just mount up even more. But you know, the kind of tips that they give is, you know, allow yourself to grieve and heal, you need that time out, you know, um, give yourself kind of permission to to grieve and and just get support from loved ones, friends. But try and go to somebody. I hope that, you know, your friends or your therapist or other people are there to not add fire, not add fuel to the fire, but to try and just, you know, try and make you see things in a rational way. Um, and, and I think the people who are supporting um, that person need to understand whether am I the right person to support that person? Am I too connected to both of them to to give them support that they would then say to me that you are biased you can't say that to me you're just siding on the other person thing yeah. so then you to remain kind of neutral yeah. and just listen so then to you both. maybe yeah. need to think about is there somebody else who I could put forward to say hey listen I think you need to go there because I don't think me going there it's really going to help matters so you need to think of that so you also need to reflect on your values and beliefs take time to reflect on what truly matters to you in life like this may seem like the most biggest thing in your life but consider your core values and beliefs and what brings you a sense of fulfillment maybe this is actually going to make you happy maybe this is going to actually change your life and you've been trying like too hard to keep this going for too long and now you may be able to get some clarity about what's meaningful to you and guide you towards something that will be fulfilling and give you happiness and stuff. Um, also, you know, this is much more kind of more longer term, but explore kind of new interests and passions. You know, you need to get out there. You need to push yourself. That is the hardest thing, I think. Once you've gone through this trauma and stuff, you need to engage in kind of new activities or hobbies and think about yourself, you know, what you need and your identity, because it's almost like starting up again. You've been attached mm -hmm. to somebody for a long time. Everything you do, everything you say, everything is based on that person and they and what they want but you've got to come back and you've got to think about what you want and your talents and your skills and things like that um connect with others you know seek support um i mentioned that before you know there are obviously professional support groups um <coughs> and community activities and things you know things like volunteering and stuff help um and in all of this i think it's really important that you set sort of some achievable goals like just don't expect yourself to think okay i'm gonna by, be over yeah, I'm going yeah. to be over it by next month. Just say, okay, look, if I can do the 
this in two weeks. If I can just do this, then my next baby steps are I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to go out. Then I'm going to talk to somebody. Um, so set yourself kind of achievable goals. Sort of like taking it one day at a time, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and make those realistic goals. You know, don't try and overdo it because it will be too too overwhelming for you. You're you're dealing with too much. Um, and then pl- there's it says practice self care and self compassion. Don't beat yourself up. Take care of your physical, emotional, and mental well-being. And engage in activities that promote self-care, such as exercise and mindfulness and, you know, writing things down, engaging in hobbies that you enjoy and stuff like that. And finally, you know, this whole thing about seeking kind of professional advice and help. There are plenty of kind of people out there who can help you. There are plenty of groups who where there are people who are like-minded people who are going through the same thing. Mm. And just talking to somebody like that makes you realize you're not the only one on the earth who's going through this, you know. And um, and there may be kind of certain types of tools that you can use which will help you. And you've got to remember that people do get over these things and people do have new lives and sometimes when they look back they think you know although at that time it seemed like the most awful thing that happened to me but actually it was probably the best thing that ever happened and I think we have to try and be positive we have to try and empathize and understand what and someone else is going through and also I think one of the most important things and this is one thing I've reiterated actually is that during this time your conduct and your dignity, your own dignity, you will reflect back at this time. If you have children and there's a marriage that's gone, um, your children are looking at you and your behavior. They're looking at how you handle this and they will take from that. So when you reflect back at this time, try and reflect back that I stood tall. I had my dignity, I maintained my, my, you know, my pride and everything. And I don't regret anything I did. But just be very careful that things like anger and nastiness doesn't take over that you just create this kind of well that you're in and you keep digging deeper and deeper and you're in this thing and you can't get out of it easily. So keep control of your own dignity and your pride. Everyone is great. Everyone has good things and it's just circumstances which lead to these things that are not in your control. Yeah, well said, Sadia. And it circles back, you know, to be just being kind to one another. You just never know what somebody else is going through behind mm. closed doors. Mm. Yeah, wow, uh, a heavy chinwag, but a very important one. And I, and I, as always, I look forward to the next chinwag with you. Thank you okay. so much.